This episode of Adventures in Aurelia is brought to you by Gabe and Jeff from Interparty Conflict and Chai Kai on Patreon. You can join them in supporting the show at patreon.com slash adventures in Aurelia. E-R-Y-L-I-A. Aurelia. Hello and welcome to Adventures in Aurelia podcast where five friends sit around the table and record themselves playing Dungeons and Dragons. I'm Chris. I play Rim, a human paladin. I'm Krista, and I play as Ariel, who is an Asmar, divine soul sorceress. I'm Chantel, and I play Kanina, a tiefling sorceress. And I'm Caitlin. I play Tempest, a water genasi ranger. And I'm Damien, and I play God. This episode, we'd like to give a shout out to WanderQuest. They're an actual play D&D 5e podcast like us, but presented by Encounter Roleplay. Their podcast starts out with four episode zeros, which are their original stories for each character, allowing you to get to know the characters. And after listening to them, I felt like these characters were pretty much close friends of mine. They have 27 full episodes right now, and so it shouldn't be very hard to catch up. Their episodes are only about 45 minutes long, so they don't take a long time to listen to just one. Uh, I pretty much binge listen to them any chance I get. WonderQuest has easily become one of my top favorite podcasts. They have some of the best role-playing and a lot of story, uh, really, really detailed. Um, I can't even pick a a favorite character. Uh, I even love a lot of their NPCs that they have. So yeah, WonderQuest. Check them out. Do you have a favorite episode so far? I don't think I do. I really liked the Zero episodes. Yes. It it sounds like something I would like too, because I've always enjoyed Zero episodes, like where you go back and you basically just fluff up the story and give a bunch of, you know, background history. I will give warning, pretty much all of the backstories, of course, are sad, like, you know, (laughs) most backstories for anybody. Um, And there is a lot of detail. Uh, The ladies aren't afraid of scariness. So it's there's kind, terror in there? Well, it's it does have dark stuff, so <laughs> it's not like this fluffy, you know, oh. fluffy... Po- okay, so I've listened to some podcasts where it's a lot of, like, laughing and fun and humor, not as much uh, role play, just goofing around type of mm-hmm. podcast, and I really like those. So this was completely different. This was like I was listening to a story, like... I don't know. They 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 still have their dice rolls. They still have all of that, but it was just it was it was different for me and I just I really really liked it. But yeah. Check them out. This episode we'd like to give a shout out to Ballad of the Seven Dice. I really need to give a shout out to these guys because Lucas, their dungeon master producer guy has been all over liking our stuff on Twitter and we've had quite a quite a long conversation together. I decided to after talking to him start listening to his own podcast and interestingly enough just like our shout out last episode to uh, WanderQuest these guys have a similar four episode episode zeros introduction to introduce each character with their own personal stories. The podcast also takes on its own kind of 
dark, slightly horror-themed quest. The uh, They are about ten episodes in at this point and are on their second chapter of the main story. Kind of a synopsis is after these characters' personal stories are wrapped up as the introduction, they all end with pretty much being pulled into a world separate from the world that they all know. And Hmm. what's very interesting about some of this is specifically one of their characters, their bard, comes from a modern or possibly even postmodern setting. I got kind of a cyberpunk feel from the setting that his personal story comes from. And there is a lot of lore given even to these, like, backstory quests and say that if you guys uh, want to get into another earlier podcast, then go ahead and check out Ballad of the Seven Dice. Tell them we sent you. Tell them we send our love. Mm-hmm. As Chantel adds it to her notes of things to listen to <laughs> later. Yep. She's looking it up. To keep as my tabs that I save. So... As we last left our heroes, they had finally made it to the village of Sterin. Had many arguments, some amongst each other and some with the town folk. There's an issue with a horse and a cart. The issue has been resolved. (laughs) Yeah, we told the bitch to fuck off. Princess belongs (laughs) to me. No, no. Kanina sent word to the guild so that they'll be compensated for... (laughs) We already paid! Yes, but we were supposed to be returning it. We own it till we return it. Kanina has things about it, so she paid for... (laughs) And we finally wrapped up with the party, getting aboard the lift. The lift that will take them up the face of the mountain of Dunatus' ring into the... massive dwarven city of Sterengeld. I didn't realize this was Dunatus. Dunatus. Ah! I can't say it. The ring. <laughs> the mountain range. Hmm. I remember looking at it a long time ago. <laughs> I didn't realize that was where we were heading. I haven't checked the map in a while. You guys have hundreds of feet that you are traveling up the mountain at a reasonably slow pace. You are on board this lift platform that I believe is 20 feet by 20 feet. Is there any seating Yes. The floor. Like, they're... they're <laughs> but it, it's but not just... It a long they're trip. not they just like flat planks, so it's got a, like, railing that goes around it with a gate on the front and back side, and along the sides there would be, like, bench seating. Not the biggest, not the most comfortable, but your guys' trip does give you time to discuss things amongst yourselves, but before we get to that... Let's go around. Tempest. Huh. How are you feeling? What what are you what's going through your head as you're riding this this lift up as you reflect back upon the 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 short series of events that you've already dealt with in this new group. Tempest is a little shaken. Uh this isn't really what she was expecting when she was promised adventure. Um immediately almost you know, dying <laughs> pretty much. Like, it, it just kind of all got thrown at them at once. And so she's still a little taken aback. But, you know, at the same time, it's really exciting. 
because she's been on a boat for the last three years and not a whole lot happened there. But, um, you know, there's also that she doesn't really know what sort of an adventure we're actually on. Like, Nina's giving her a little bit of information, but she hasn't, like, dug too deep into what they're actually doing, what they're looking for. So she's kind of just along for the ride. Um, but that whole Grimfang situation sounded pretty exciting, considering we took down the rest of the, the rest of the gnolls. We could probably find them and take them down. So she'll be bringing that up. How's Kanina feeling? What's going through her head as she's going up the lift system, sitting? Well, she's definitely on the adventure that has happened so far, especially since she has a lot more history with this adventure. Well, she's definitely kind of thinking about the things we need to do when we're up there, you know, with the dwarves and who we need to see and the things she wants to personally discover. Mostly about, uh, she knows we need to talk to Lord Elngard Starin, so she wants to basically kind of make that her mission to get up there, but she also is thinking about some of the things she'll have to take care of when we come back down the mountain, like taking care of Grimfang has definitely piqued her interest as well. And then she's also kind of pondering about a lot of the uprisings and outbreaks of chaos that have kind of taken place around different towns when Miri and Evander, the people she met on the ship, they had their hometown raided by bandits and just thinking about the raid that happened in Riven with the kobolds and goblins and then just some of the things we've run into on the way so she's she's kind of trying to piece this together and find out why there's all this chaos happening. What are her thoughts on Tempest thus far? She really likes her. She's definitely starting to consider her a friend, but she knows that we haven't really gotten to know each other very well yet. <laughs> Tempest is bash- batting the, her the, eyelashes at the Nina. The things that would come across so much better if we were live <laughs> So in regards to Tempest, Kanina is definitely considering her a friend, but she realizes that we really haven't got a chance to know each other very well yet because there's definitely some chaos on the ship that we arrived on that made... You don't you know what I can do? Yes. Well, I haven't gotten to that one yet, but <laughs> but yeah, uh, she knows there's some chaos on the ship that led to a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a rift between our party and her. So I we're hoping, you know, since she's joined our party, that she'll Nina and her will get to go get grow closer, especially as we encounter more things together. But she also knows that she doesn't give her like the full story, but she's not hiding anything. It's more or less that she's given her the basics of kind of what we're f- trying to look for, but that's really all we're looking for is information at this point. And she doesn't she doesn't know much at- about Tempest, honestly. She likes that she's a friend, you know, and she she sees her as a potential, you know, strong ally, but she doesn't know exactly what she can do. <laughs> Ariel, what's yeah. your reflection on the adventure so far? Uh, Ariel has been through a lot, starting out as a healer and then is no longer a healer has some healing spells but not much at all learning powers learning what she can do uh she's probably as we're going up starting out thinking about princess originally thinking about the horse yes yes princess the horse um the male horse it can be named princess we've gone over this uh close companions yeah, thinking about Princess, wondering how he's doing, 
thinking about getting him apples. Like she's that's how she starts out, but then her just total airhead. But <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Uh, her stats are a little bit airhead too. Uh, but then she is gonna wander towards Nina's dream that was shared with her, and think about Riven, and worry about Riven, and wonder her place or wonder about her place and you know she's kind of along for the ride right now she I know she has to have answers but the answers she doesn't know uh really the importance of the answers to her her answer is protect Riven like like that's so she's here with her party because it's her party and she was told by is it Cosair? Cosain. Cosain. She was told by Cosain to go with them. So really, she's going with them. That she's doing what she's told. So she's here on this thing that's bringing her up. Uh, as far as Tempest, she her her after a lot of thinking about the possibility of a dragon and if it's real or not real, she hasn't made up her mind. She's leaning towards real. Uh, her mind will wander towards about Tempest and, uh, you know, the conversation they had about the monastery, thinking that's pretty cool, wondering why she didn't see her around more, realizing that she was pretty much always in her room studying, so it's probably her own fault, and uh, wondering what Tempest can do, because she hasn't really seen a lot of what Tempest can do. She can shoot a bow real good. Yeah, I. That's she knows that she can shoot a bow and make it rain. <laughs> I don't know that I saw you do that because I was in the wagon a lot. Or who it might, you might not out. have seen who it came from either. Yeah, yeah, I don't. It just all of a sudden rained for a yeah, second. Yeah, I don't know that. Ran away. Other than like your skin looking wet and your hair flowy, like Shiny. I don't know really what you can do per se. But um, yeah, so. She's a bit of an airhead, so her mind wanders around a lot. What's going through Rem's head? Well, so, I mean, since the beginning, Rem has been very mission-oriented. Um, first of all, he didn't want to do most of these missions because he thought that it was dumb. Um, you know, with the, the original protect protection of the town, he was okay with because he felt... He kind of reminded him of when he was uh, uh, in the military. And then getting pushed out he felt that he was basically given and saddled with a bunch of responsibility he never wanted. Um, then after we left and had set out on the, the, the boat, he found the old man's love of fishing, um, which was everybody wanted to deny him. He loved to fish, and everybody thought it was bad. Um, since hitting the land again, though, like, and, and he took that moment to basically like refocus on, okay, we've got to get to the next spot. We've got to get... To the dwarven city we've got some things we've got to figure out and then he's that's like his next task he's very mission oriented he's had some moments now of dream like memories or memory like dreams um that have brought back a lot of bad memories that he's had and he basically anytime those happens he kind of tries to drown them out with the now by focusing on what he's doing or whatever is the next task, which is why he seems overly focused on things. And when people are saying, hey, let's just move on, he's like, no, I really need to check this out because it helps him not dwell on anything. 
Um, as far as Tempest, I mean, he hasn't seen too much out of her other than she she was very attached to sea life. He's still kind of questioning because he's never really run into a green person with wet-looking skin and weird hair. <laughs> um, he knows that she joined us kind of at the behest of Nina and her own want. So he's not... He's kind of of the, the mind like, hey, she's along on her of her own free will. It's not my job to watch her, babysit her, or protect her. Um, she needs to step up for herself. Um, so far, you know, in the one fight that we've been in, she did okay. Like, she didn't cause any major issues. But at the same, well, but at the same time, she didn't. She didn't. She's um, only responsible for the cart knocking people off. Well, no, but I mean, like, she didn't. She didn't know how to drive a goddamn car. She didn't make people go back for her or anything like that. She she did what she thought was best. And he knows that, like, you know, she may not be the best cart driver, but she tried. Um, but at the same time, she hasn't stood out either as, you know, an amazing fighter or a good strategist. She's basically just kind of been running and shooting. So, and the same thing goes along with, like, you know, Rim is very focused on those things. And he's seen Kanina do some pretty cool things. Um, suplex. With, yeah, her suplex and her her firepower, and Ariel. He's still kind of trying to figure out because, you know, we when they left, she was a cleric and she was wearing armor and she seemed to be healing, and then all of a sudden something happened one night and now she's wearing flowing rubs and kind of seems airy and lost. With attitude towards you. <laughs> she's always had attitude towards Rem. <laughs> but you know, like he's still trying to to wrap his head around exactly what's going on there. Um. There hasn't been enough combat for him to really gauge everyone's abilities. Uh, the only major combats we've been in were one before Tempest, so he has nothing on her, and in a group of like fifteen people, which really doesn't let any one person shine. Um, but so he's he's focused on getting to this next section of his mission, um, and he's coming to to appreciate everybody's. Or abilities in this group but at the same time he's still like nothing they've shown to him has been like these people are really good at fighters or these people are good strategists or not just like looking at these people and being these people do what they can to survive alright so we will pick up uh, as probably 10 minutes have gone by you guys have reached the top of the first set of lifts there are still four above you, each one spanning a distance of about 200 feet. Up vertically into the mountain, you, like, the lift hits a platform, and everyone sees for the first time that the, the lifts themselves are operated through a system of gears, pulleys, and cranks. And what is driving them are two large stone men. They don't pay any mind as you get up there. They don't focus on you or anything. It's just as the lift reaches the top, their arms on the cranks just stop, and they stand, and they wait. And can, can I look at these men to see if I recognize them as constructs? Yeah, you can. Go ahead and uh, roll me an arcana check. Mm -hmm. Uh... A 19. 19? Yes, you recognize them as being living constructs. Okay. You recognize them as the stone golems that they are. Interesting. 
Are you and, sharing that information? I mean, like, I'm just looking at him. If you want to ask, you can. Well, Kanina would be probably inquisitive and she'll be like, Wow, look at those. wonder yeah. what they are. Yeah, they're golems. Oh, like golems. the one that were below the lift golems. when we went up? Yeah. Huh. Sure like they're golems around here, huh? Dwarven constructs. I wonder what it takes to make one of those. Time and make magic. One of them? Yes, they're they're made, they're created. Cool. And there is a channel cut about forty feet into the mountains where the next lift platform is down, sitting and waiting. Make our way over there. Yep. We'll continue forward. When we reach it, Grim will basically just toss his pack down and sit on one of the benches while we go up. Yep. And as you lock into this one, about ten seconds after you have gotten in, closed the gate behind you, and sat down. This one starts lifting up. Is there any um way to kind of look out through the gate to kind of see? Oh, I mean, this is like, like probably a little over waist high, but it's it's just like a wooden fence. Yeah, Kanina will go over to the edge and kind of look. She was not she's not gonna lean against the fence or anything, but she'll 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 like take a look down and see how high up we are. Tempest is totally leaning over the edge, looking down. <laughs> Ariel's staying as close to safety as possible. Nina's gonna see. <laughs> I'm like, I am. I'm not comfortable with this. Laying flat on her How back. How many in more the of these do we the have to do? <laughs> Nina's gonna see Tempest leaning over, and she's gonna kind of put her hand on her shoulder. <laughs> shove. No. <laughs> you know, being an asthma. Of course, I haven't really spread my wings, so. Fly. Yeah. Have, <laughs> you, would have think you, you ever okay? flown? I don't nope. think she's ever flown. <laughs> okay, anyways, but um, yeah, Nina will be kind of looking to see, and she'll just be like, "Wow, you guys, you should look at the views so far. We're going up pretty high." I I, I can see it from right here. Rather than looking <laughs> you look, down, you, you turn around, out. and Ariel is like laying on the platform, like <laughs> arms <laughs> around, <laughs> arms around one of the legs of the bench. She's like, "I can see fine from here." Nina, yeah. Nina will be just like, are, "Are you okay, Ariel? You you look kind of nervous there. Are you are you scared?" Oh, of I'm fine. Just. Just, just fine. Are Are you sure? Yes. As her hands are like sweating, <laughs> Nina's gonna go over and just kind of sit next to her, just kind of <laughs> keep keep like comfort her a little bit. <laughs> Tempest is still looking over there. <laughs> yeah. Rim's this is amazing. Like out, not down. Like he's just looking out over the valley. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you guys are 300, 400 feet up by the time that this this lift ends. You would be four hundred feet up, so you're seeing far out over onto the plains and you can see like since since it is a relatively flat plain then you would see the hundred or so miles away just the the walled city of port norsal is it just us or is there another person like just you guys so when we get to the next landing grim's gonna take some ink out of his pack and he's gonna draw a mustache on the bowl oh my god (laughs) (laughs) is that even in rem's like personality yeah He's a grumpy old man. I and can't he, see him he, doing that. He chortles. <laughs> I think he's. I. I. I personally kind of think he's mostly grumpy because, like he said, he's been saddled with a lot of responsibility and stuff he doesn't have. I feel like he's kind of gearing toward not retirement, but you know, being in a more comfortable position where he doesn't get saddled with us greenhorns. <laughs> so he's starting to get a little bit of humor. He's had humor. He's he had, had a good humor. time, he, like fishing. Yeah. Yeah. You guys saw him laugh for the Everyone first time. Everyone just kind time. of projects negativity on him. Yeah, it's like Oscar the Grouch or something. 
he Get a job, Oscar Grouch. the Grouch. Nina's had some fun with him. <laughs> she fished <laughs> with you. But I mean, you guys saw him laugh for the first time when he was fishing. When he doesn't have like anything that he's directly doing, like you can probably see that there is a person behind his grouchiness. Yeah, his gruff exterior. So like him drawing because he's he's looking at these golems, being like these things are just here as machines, basically. They're they're the lift. And you're not. So being he's just like, this is gonna be funny. <laughs> and you're not being be like 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 sneaky about this, are you? No, yeah. I mean, that's why I said there's nobody else with us. Yeah. So who was Eker? Yeah. And it's just like some ink, so it could probably be washed off. And everyone sees Rem put this this mustache on the golems. Like, I'm talking like pencil, Stone. like yeah. swirled mustache, <laughs> like like a di- like a, a cartoon villain. Yeah, Nino. And the the whole time that this is happening, this golems like cold, coal like eyes and face just continue. Staring forward at a slight angle down towards the village, it doesn't make any sort of reaction to Rem doing this. Nina will see him and just kind of like snort to herself, but then try to kind of go like a serious face and it's just like, what are you doing? Well, he, he, now he's different from the other ones. Well, n- well, if you want to really make him different, she'll kind of walk over and pull out a, like a ink thing too, and then she'll try to draw eye- like big fuzzy eyebrows on the other one. <laughs> and he'll look over and be like, <laughs> good one. <laughs> I think they look better. <laughs> Ariel's not paying attention to this. She is scared. We're, this is walking between two of them. Oh, we've already gotten off. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you guys are on that. the the platform f- or like the landing 400 feet up. And there's again another 40 to 60 foot channel cut into the mountain where another lift platform is waiting for you. We have to get on a different one. Yeah, you get on a different one every <laughs> 200 feet. Uh, yep, so we'll get and on. Then before he leaves, room, he's also going to take one copper piece. He's going to put it on the back of one of the golem's hands <laughs> to see if it's there when he comes back. Like if it, does, if it just keeps perfectly level and doesn't slide off. <laughs> so is this just like level after level? There's not like anything on that level at all? No, it's okay. it's like a like staircase going up their landings. Gotcha. I didn't know if it was like different floors to it or no, something. No, like once upon a time, there would have been like a switchback set of like trails and stairs carved into the side of the mountain, but this is a city that thrives upon exporting ores and heavy equipment, so they needed a way that they could have carts be carried up and down this whole system. Mm-hmm. So yeah, each basically what it is is like there's a landing that is about the same 20 to 30 feet wide and it runs 40 to 60 feet into the mountain to help meet that incline of the mountain. Ariel's going to walk up with the rest of the group and just stop before getting on there. like, And then sit down on the ground. I- I'm good here, guys. So it- it's we like gotta go ropes. To the top. Is it like ropes on all four corners? Or yeah. Ropes on all four corners, and then the, well, they, the they're, railing. they're on all four corners, and they come and up they to go like up a to double a... rope system. Okay. And then like at a single point. Almost. The railing, is it like fencing? Yeah, with like t- one, maybe two slats in yep. between. Tempest is hanging onto one of the ropes on the corner and standing on the railing. So, Ariel, you, you stopped outside the lift, right? You didn't get in? Yeah, I'll say I watched her do that, and I'm like, nope. <laughs> and I'm just staying on the other side of the lift. I did not step onto it. So, Tempest okay. gets on the lift. So, Kanina's going to stop when she sees That's Ariel. That's an understatement. <laughs> and Kanina just like, come on, Ariel. We're almost at the top. We can, we're almost there. We can do it. I don't want to. 
Oh, come on, don't think like nothing. And you'll be so proud of yourself when you get to the top. The view will be amazing. I don't want to see the view. Well, we don't have to see the view, but... And Kenny will kind of be lifting her up and pushing her. Yes, 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 come on, we have to keep going. I'm going to push against you. Oh, Rem, get on the cart. Well, Rim's probably behind them, so he's just going to put his back against, or his hand against uh, Ariel's back and be like, you're holding up the line, and start pushing forward. I'm going to do that, one of those things, you know, like, where you're like, yeah, Nina's holding her by the Yeah, dig yeah, my heels that's going to be great in. when your heels hit that gap between <laughs> the elevator and the, the platform. I can lean against you. Kanina's like... You realize the strength difference between me, Kanina, and you, right? Yeah, Kanina's holding both of her upper arms and kind of pushing her gently toward it. <laughs> you're it's, like It's Jello. not even a roll if Rem and Kanina want to, they can just lift Ariel. Yeah, I'm, I'm shoving you and Kanina's lifting you. Like, you don't <laughs> I'm kicking and screaming. <laughs> oh no, Kanina's trying her best to kind of soothe you and she's just being like, well, think about the things you want to see at the top. You know, we'll get some answers finally and this is part of our mission and once we're done, we'll come back down and we'll be like, yeah, well, we're never up there. My mission is in Riven. Yeah, this is part of the help us with our mission in Riven. We need to find answers about some of the attacks that were going on, and we found some traces of dwarven th- artifacts there. So, and I can wait right here. No, what you if have this to go landing with us? were to collapse? I cast mage armor and I get on. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad you don't have feather fall. That would be nice. So, going up the next set. Yep, in the door. You guys get on, close the gate, and the same 10, 15 seconds, it starts lifting up. Ariel is again like furthest away from any sort of view or looking out or whatever. Nina will be sitting with her, but she'll be kind of looking longingly at the view because she wants to be looking over the edge the whole time as we go up. So Rim will look down at Ariel, seeing her sitting there like just terrified and be like, you know, it might help if you focused on something else. Do you have something you could read or draw? And to help make it clear, like the mountain facing side of this lift, there's maybe three feet off the back of this lift. There's just a stone wall right there. Mm-hmm. Slowly. Let's stare at that. Slowly yeah. going down. I'd, she, that would be totally what she's doing is just facing that stone wall. Not Probably hugging her bag. Like, it's not even on her back. It's like she's hugging it, sitting on the ground, just facing the wall, waiting to be done with this whole thing. Tempest. Yep. Roll an athletics check. <laughs> <laughs> And again, Nina will be sitting next to Ariel, but she'll be facing, you know, towards the out kind of face. Back to back. Yeah. So. Even, even if, so if she fell, I'm not even looking her way. It would be you guys saying something, but even still. Well, we don't even know that you can fly, so. I know. She doesn't know that she can fly. Would you run and jump off an edge without knowing? Not, I don't even barely know her, so. (laughs) You're not qualified for saving. Athletics? (laughs) Or, Yes. 15. All right. You guys reach this this platform, the fourth platform. There is one left. How one high up are we now? Platform left would be two more uh, elevator rides, or the next platform is the top. Uh, I said at level three lift system is when you did that, so this would be level four, and there is five levels. Okay. So it's a 1,000 feet up? Yeah. And you can see, like, if you look up, you see that there, there's no, like lift above this. Is there bird poop on the golems? Sure. <laughs> like somebody really should watch these. Claw marks from small critters climbing <laughs> around them. 
Did they put spikes on top of them so birds can't land there? <laughs> nope. Old One of mustaches them. and graffiti. <laughs> One of them has a crow sitting on its shoulder. It looks at you guys. Ah! <laughs> ah! Tempest will break off a piece of... Oh, never mind. <laughs> you lost out on a just, snack. Just crumple it on the top. Snack. <laughs> For him when he comes back. Kanina will, you know, be kind of ushering Ariel into the next <laughs> lift and... Oh, I don't think you have to usher me. As soon as it's... <laughs> she's, like, gone off of the lift. Mm. And on to the next one. I thought there was no lift. That's what I was saying, more. is that I'm, I'm getting you to the next lift. There's oh, no, more. she's just off that lift. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm kind of starting to guide you to the next one so we can go up quickly. She's like, I know how this goes. Pick her up, put her on the next one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> put a bag over her head. Just move her. <laughs> You guys still have to get down. Zip lines. <laughs> no. <laughs> Thousand foot, almost straight down. No, it's just, it, goes, it goes all the way out to Port Norsal. <laughs> That'd be quite the ride. <laughs> A hundred mile long zip line. Wow. <laughs> Thousand feet, hundred miles. It's about right, right? Ten feet to a mile. <laughs> oh, boy. That'd be fun. That'd actually be a, a leisurely zip line. Yeah, ten foot drop for every mile. <laughs> it's one of those basket kinds you sit in. Except you would you would constantly be picking up momentum. Be a gondola. <laughs> no, I like think got, that like, would actually terrify them. Ariel even more. <laughs> uh, this one, Tempest is gonna do something different. <gasps> <gasps> She's gonna lay down in the middle of the lift and just stare up at the sky as we go up. And do angels. <laughs> no. Just... <sighs> Are you rolling to see if a bird poops on me? <laughs> I, I just rolled a die. You don't know what it was for. So yeah. The, Are you guys this... picking me up and putting me on the lift again? I already told you I ushered you in. You didn't resist. So you're already in the lift. <laughs> she carried you like a small child. I didn't Basically. carry her, but I, you know. I'm pretty sure even if I did resist, her iron grip of friendship would just yank me and pull me. <laughs> just grip harder. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a ratcheting cuff that never lets go. <laughs> Ariel pretty much knows that once Kanina has her wrist, <laughs> she doesn't get a choice. <laughs> Mantle friendship. Yeah. There's just, just rows upon rows of bruised handprints <laughs> coming up your arm. You guys all get into this final lift. Yep. Yep. Close the gate. Mm-hmm. And away it goes. I was gonna say, and it drops Straight down. To the bottom, yeah. yeah. Well, it can't go anywhere. Like it's sitting on yeah. a on a stone platform. So at most, the ropes yeah. could just go slack. Yeah. And then the platform break. <laughs> but yeah, no, we're in there. And then Kenya will be kind of peeking, but she'll be sitting next to area as per usual. Rim's gonna be looking in the distance, seeing if he can see Port Norsal. You already could. Yeah. I mean, you you see the thing. It's it's a hundred miles away, so it's like you know the size of a gold piece from where you're at. <laughs> and the next 10 minutes pass. You guys make it to the top of the lift system and standing in front of you there are the two stone golems that drive this cart system and whereas before you were on platforms that were pretty straight cut channels of about 30 feet by 60 feet on this one there is a hundred foot platform like a, a stone shelf that goes to this massive gilded door that 
some of you had seen from below. And the platform stretches like 500 feet in both directions. Dotted along this platform every 75 feet or so is another golem. These ones are made out of iron. And each one is standing at the uh, the firing position of a giant ballista. Nia's going to look at these, and uh, are these kind of what she saw in the distance as to far as far as like when we were down by yeah, the lake? Yeah, like the creatures that you could basically you you had seen so high up into the mountain. It's like I can make out that those are people, and they are way too high up there for me to be able to make out that they're people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. She'll kind of be like, oh, so that's what those were. <laughs> are the doors actually gilded or is it like polished brass? I'm not sure if you would be able to discern the difference, but knowing anything about dwarves and knowing <laughs> that most of the like continent's currency is minted here, you would probably make the assumption that it is in fact gilded. And standing to either side of this massive door, and we're talking like, each side of it is about 20 feet wide and 60 feet tall, so it's about a 40 by 60 opening. And on each side are two giant braziers, about 20 feet in diameter, piled with logs and coal that are currently down as just an ember. And Nina would kind of look over and they're just like, whoa, that's, that can hold a lot of fire. <laughs> and she'll kind of go over and take a look and kind of see like, how tall she is compared to them and that kind of thing. <laughs> I think Rim's going to be staring at the giant doorway and be like, why is it the dwarfs always have to make doors so big? And the, the doorway itself is open to where there is about a 10 feet gap in between the two of them. These doors swing inwards. And just because I'm not sure what sort of like check there would be for pondering and thinking to oneself. I'm going to have everyone roll an insight check. Rem. 20. Ariel. 14. Kanina. 18. Tempest. Is asleep. Sorry, 16. <laughs> everyone except Ariel is there greeted by this image in front of them. Looks both looks to both directions and thinks back to the hour journey that they've just had going up here and realizes it's a little odd that they haven't seen another person this whole time. Ariel's rummaging, getting her bag back on her back. Nina will kind of speak them. She'll just be like, you guys, for how busy it's supposed to be up here, we haven't really seen anyone come and go for quite a while. It's, It's kind of odd. There's no one here? No one was at any of the platforms that you guys have gone. I, uh, no one is standing guard I roll at the a gates. perception to see if I hear anything coming from inside. Go ahead and roll perception. With Anina saying that, Ariel's stopped messing with her bag. She's got it on and she's looking around. Huh. Well, probably because the lift is scary. But people use this all the time. I mean, this is uh, this is a place that transports currency. Maybe and- everyone's working inside right now. You know, it is getting du- like dark. It's Rem, would you uh, get twenty four? Rem got a twenty four. Maybe they go to bed early. There's there's only about a ten foot opening in this doorway, and 
like all that you're really hearing is there's there's a bit of a wind rushing sound, but you're not hearing the the sounds of working or anything. You hear the sound of of a stray bird every once in a while, and there's probably like a a couple critters that you see running along the the cliff shelf. Walk in and just kind of peer in the doorway and look, you know, left and right a little. Yeah, Nina's right on his tail, also looking. So you guys peer inside the, yeah, the like large like door in front in of you. Look through this big open. All right. As as you look in through this large door, there is a very long, about three hundred foot tunnel that is the same forty by about sixty to eighty feet. Going in, there is a torch placed every twenty feet, lit. And from what you can see, based on the way that these torches are set up, they drop off. Like, probably how you figure out the distance is you you kind of get an idea of every 20 feet and you start counting them down. And then as you hit about 300 feet, there's no torches anymore. But you do see light off in the distance. Do these look like relatively fresh torches? Because you said the braziers were down to, like, amber. Yes, the torches probably have been lit around. Like, these torches wouldn't be like your standard adventuring torches that only are lit for an hour, but these ones look like they were probably lit around midday. Okay. Nina's going to call out and be like, Hello? We're from the... (laughs) We're from the... We're from the Adventurers Guild. Is anyone there? She'll listen. There's an... You just kind of hear your voice echoing down the pathway. Nina will go inside and she'll... Yeah, Rim will kind of shoulder his pack up a little higher and start in. Echo! Yeah, Nina will wait for the rest of the party to kind of come in as well. Yeah. Following behind. Getting away from the edge. (laughs) The edge. (laughs) As you guys enter this door into the long tunnel... The air that you are smelling is a, like, it's surprisingly clean air. There is, it, it's rushing out towards the, the opening in the door just a little bit. Are there any runes or anything written down? No. So the air is coming out from the tunnel, like, toward the door? Yeah. Mm, okay. What temperature is it? It's cooler. It's so strange that breeze feels like you're on a boat. <laughs> yeah, there must be some sort of opening. Start flicking water at her. <laughs> You don't need to. I'm already wet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she'll she'll notice this. And like, uh, yeah, it's interesting how the air is coming out. There must be an opening down there somewhere. So we'll continue forward. You guys make your way down to the end of this tunnel. Mm-hmm. Slowly, but yeah. Some sort of ventilation system. How advanced. <laughs> 200 to 250 feet into this tunnel, you guys start to hear the sounds of a city bustling around in front of you the the lights have started to come into view and you can see in front that the the tunnel does in fact open up onto a cliff face the cliff face is about a hundred feet long or the the shelf of the cliff extends out about a hundred feet from the end of this tunnel and you see Lights all around on a platform far across. There is a bridge that extends directly in line with this tunnel that you guys are on that goes out to the city. And there are there's 
lights, you guys can see movement, you guys can hear sounds, and the only, like, thing that you have to give you any idea of how large the cavern in front of you is, is the faint lights that are on the far opposite end. You see them climbing tall up into the into the inside of this cavern. As you guys make your way on to the shelf of this cliff, off to your right, you see a small building that you could guess is an inn. And it's a one-story building. Mounted above the door, there are two arms that extend out, and from them hang a sign that reads, Lift's End. To your left, there is another small building that you can see various stalls where there is a locked, like, shed with a stall in front of it that could hold a cart. There are two carts that are currently docked at it right now, and you see three horses grazing in a surprisingly lush grass in a penned-in area that makes up most of the left side of this shelf. Okay, so Rim's going to kind of nod himself, remembering that uh, they were told that basically everything kind of shuts down at night and that by the time they got to the top, yeah, there mm-hmm. wouldn't be a lot of stuff going on. So he's going to turn and head towards the, the lift's end. Yeah, and um, Nina will be like, oh, hey, that's the inn we were told about, and, you know, start also heading that way. Ariel, too? Uh, yeah, Tempest will, too. Also, sigh of relief, because she was starting to worry that we were walking into a ghost town. <laughs> <laughs> Sailors and their superstitions. It was very quiet. It's late. Everybody's in bed. That's They're dwarves. what I said. Aren't they known for partying? Well, they're probably partying down in their minds. Nina was kind of expecting, like, a little bit more of a, like, an opening and not, like, such a, a quiet journey up to the top because she's known dwarves and kind of how rambunctious they can be. <laughs> but she's not used to, uh, you know, dwarves being generally quiet. Even at night, you know, she realizes that it's a, it's kind of a business and the lift's probably not as busy, but she's kind of interested in how quiet it is so far that they've been there but like you said as we started hearing city noises that kind of uh worry dissuaded and <laughs> i mean it's it's distant from where you guys are right now but you do hear like the sounds of of hammers coming from the platform across from you you might see the glow coming from a few forges but you guys make your way into lift's end yep mm-hmm. Rim will open the door and take like the first step in, but he'll do like a quick sweep with his eyes around the room. So you Ariel's know, gonna make sure her hood you know, is over like her head. Walks in and kind of does like one of these. Yep. You walk into the building. There is a older man sitting at like the far end of a bar that is directly across from the the main door, and behind it is a young dwarf with uh like multiple braids in his black hair and you you can kind of guess his age by the fact that his beard is only a few inches long he's he's got it into a small braid that ends only about three inches below his chin and he uh he's standing behind the bar he's got a hand and a and a mug washing it out he looks up and the man is human or dwarf human okay there's a human man at the end of the bar that is... Only dwarves! 
Nina Maybe will. Two people in the room that I see. Nina's gonna go in um to uh see the dwarf because. He he kind of looks up. Is is it seems like what you guys are doing is kind of entering and just standing there. Look, no, Nina's going around. In. She sees Ren kind of peeking around. She's going in. <laughs> I mean, he stepped in and kind of looked around because he didn't know what the place looked like. Once he sees stuff, he'll move. Tempest will clap Ariel on the shoulder and say, "How about a drink to help you unwind after that? You look a little shaken up." Uh, water. I was thinking something a little stronger. And she will drag her to the bar. Yeah, Nina's going up to the bar a little ahead of them, and she'll just be like, Hi there, we're from the Adventurers Guild. Uh, We'd like a room to stay for the night, please. A a few of them, probably. Dwarf looks up at you guys. Ah, that's, uh... There's a lot of you guys up here right now. Ren would be turning and shutting the door, but looking out to see if anybody else is looking at them. (laughs) Not that you see. (laughs) So Ariel will sit down and just, like hang on to the bar happily that there's like stableness you're inside of something yeah she's still thinking about the lift (laughs) do the lot of you need to rent out a stall outside no just pay to pen your horses just a few rooms we didn't bring them with us aren't the horses way down there (laughs) oh you guys came up on foot huh yep yeah the brave ones Wait, there was a way that I could have brought. I could no, have rode up with my horse. No, we couldn't princess. Princess had to stay. Yes, we'd like some rooms, please. <laughs> okay, how many rooms would you take? We've got four, but uh, this man over here, he's taken one, so I can offer you three. I mean, I'm fine how with bunking up with a uh, two. How about two rooms. Yeah. Two rooms. Two's I'm not fine. sleeping with Rem. Who'd like to pay for what? How much are the rooms? Ariel can't stop thinking about him saying something about bringing your horses up. And wait a minute. There was another way. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, feed her that beer. I don't that believe beer. Rem. <laughs> My friend here is a little shaken up from the ride up. Uh, could we get her something to drink too? Yeah, I'd like a water. Nope, something to or get her a, orange a, juice. An ale. A milk. She'll have an ale. Cranberry juice. A large <laughs> apple ale. juice. The rooms will Carrot run you about five, they'll run you five gold a night. All right, I'll take two for at least tonight. So you're going to pay for both of them? Yes. All right. Yeah, and then, uh, uh, what's your name, by the way? You know, what? it's the bane of a DM's existence for a players to want to know every single NPC's names, but my name is Thurin. Thurin <laughs> Liftwatch. Thurin Malalarong. <laughs> so, <laughs> nice to meet you, Thurin. I'm Kanina, and then she'll go around and introduce, you know, her other people. And be like, her other people? Her other people. <laughs> but yeah, she'll, and then she'll be like, well, it seems like uh, a couple of us want some drinks, and uh, is there any way we can order some food as well, please? Yeah, I was going to ask if you guys were serious about buying those drinks, but first, you, give me the 10 gold, I'll give you the room keys. Room will slide over 10 gold. All right. He pulls two keys from underneath the bar, places them in front of you. Uh, since you seem to want to be together, I gave you the two rooms that are on the, the left side. All right. Thank you. And Rem will take one key and leave the other on the bar for whoever's taking it. Yeah, she'll be like, Rem, I'll bunk up with you if you don't mind. Yeah, fine. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> So now that that's taken care of drinks. Yeah. Ariel grab the other key. <laughs> Rem will be walking towards the room. What do you be having? Stuff in it. Uh water Large or ale. Some sort of uh juice. Water of the potato. <laughs> <Vodka>. <laughs> uh 
water of the potato. You could probably Ishkabaha. trick her and say, we'd like some uh, potato water for this one. <laughs> Ishkabaha? Water of like, life? Like, wink, wink. She oh, wouldn't he... know. She'd be like, oh, I've never had potato water before. He goes over to a cask, pulls out a, a medium-sized glass, fills it up with the water. That'll be three sil- or three copper pieces. She puts it on there. And you wanted a large ale. For my friend. I'll be a silver piece. I'll take two. I'll take two. I'll two silver pieces. How much for a pitcher? If you want a pitcher, that'll cost you five silver. I'll take two pitchers. <laughs> Holy cow. Oh, gosh. I'm buying for the group. <laughs> so, wait. Do you want two pitchers? Did you want two pitchers and two drinks? Did you want two pitchers and a bunch of cups? Two pitchers, four cups. He holds a hand out to you. That'll be a gold. She flicks him a gold. She flips him a gold? Yeah. And uh, silver. That's 10%, right? <laughs> yes. 10% tip. <laughs> he, he ta- he, 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 you, you hand him the gold, and he starts to pull his hand away, and then you throw a silver into it. Thank you. I have, a, I have a question for you in regards to what you said about the horses. He turns, and he's filling up. filling up. He, he grabs two wooden pitchers and starts filling them up. Yeah, what about the horses? So... Is there another way besides the lift to get up here? No, you take the horses and your carts on the lift. Did you not see the place to keep them outside? I saw the place to keep them outside. It just confused me as to why you would bring the land animals up on the lift. Wouldn't they freak out? Some people leave the animals down there and just bring their cart. Some people bring their cart and their animals up here. You know, if your whole livelihood resolves around your mule and your cart, then you're not going to want to feel comfortable leaving it behind while you do business up here. And then at this point, he's got both pitchers filled up and sets them down in front of Tempest. Is there a place up here to buy any sort of fruits or vegetables? No. Do you know where the around in this where land? We live inside. We don't do so good with the the, the crops and the agriculture. She's probably wondering because she sees that very green patch of grass that you have outside. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's something that's special. It was actually a gift from an elf a long time ago. It's you know he wanted us to be able to to keep animals up here that are in good health since so many people are. Bringing their horses up here. I think I think one of his uh, his subordinates may have come up here and had a horse die or something. The whole penned area was a gift from the elves. Huh. It stops the horses from walking off and, you know, falling to their deaths. It keeps them fed. There's actually a small stream over there, too. Keeps them, keeps them watered. Is it okay to go say hello to the horses, or are we not allowed if we don't have one over there? Well, I mean, they're other people's horses, and that's kind of rude, don't you think? I don't see why. They're just creatures. Yeah, but they're someone else's animal. Why is it bad to say hello? I mean, you could go (laughs) yell hello at them from from the side of the fence if that'll please you. And I I can't vouch for if someone thinks you're trying to steal their horses and they, they... have a problem. I wouldn't be doing anything yeah, that looked like I was stealing. You don't know how people are going to take the perception of what you do. Ariad, I wouldn't cause any trouble for now. We can see if maybe we can say hi to the horses tomorrow. I wasn't tomorrow. going to cause trouble. You didn't let me finish. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, we should uh, We should wait until the morning at least, where it's daytime, because I think the horses are probably a little yeah, bit sleepy. Yeah, that's probably. I don't want to spook them. So, 
we'll just enjoy our meal for the night and maybe we'll see hi to them in the morning. <laughs> so, on that note, uh, what do you have for food here? I can get you some some fairly fresh bread. We've Forced got some meat. some dried meats. Uh, if you'd like, I've got a stew going. It, it should be about about finished in the next thirty minutes or so. Making it for dinner. Oh, stew sounds delicious. So we'll pay for some of that and some bread, please. Uh, for the ladia, that'll be two and a half gold. Okay, and she'll fork it over. Two and a half gold. Rim returns from the room without his backpack now. Nina will pour a couple cups, and she'll have one ready for Rem and then one for herself. <laughs> of the ale? Yes. <laughs> the pitchers that you so kind Picks of up the pitcher. <laughs> you guys get the cups. <laughs> Tempest will pour a cup for Ariel and tell her that it's wheat juice. It's very healthy for you. Slider painted. <laughs> wheat with juice? The water. Like grass juice? Yeah. Sort of, but it's brown. It's really good. Yeah, it's Try ale. Kanina it. will kind of, <laughs> kind of like look at you in a way and just be like, "That's technically juice." <laughs> She'll kind of slowly just sip hers. <laughs> I wonder how much I want to do insight check, like as to her <laughs> expression and the way that she's. Did they not brew ale at your monastery? I was like a hermit. I stayed in my room. And I'm sure they didn't call it wheat juice. <laughs> no. She's and a, I she's heard the word ale. I, she's times. not drank. So. Tempest, wheat whole juice. goal with this campaign is to corrupt oh. Ariel. <laughs> I rolled a 19 plus 4. So. Okay, so what am I going to roll? <laughs> Are you trying to deceive her? Not really. I was... Then you know the roll anymore. Okay. I'm she rolling didn't have to roll anything either. To it's knowing... up to her to decide if she well, trusts I... you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not I, I'm not like, lying. I'm saying that's technically true, and it is true. It is technically true. And the I guy know, also did call it to like, ale. Like, like you heard her order it, and you saw him pour it, and you saw her pour it into a cup and hand it to you. Everything lines up that that she is handing you a cup of ale and saying, "Here, drink this. It is good." Kanina yeah. will kind of wave Rem down and be like, "Oh, I ordered us some food, and there's some drinks if you'd like some." And oh. Well, thank you. Yeah, I'll food will be ready in about 20 minutes. Right. Then we'll pick up his glass and just start drinking it. You know, slowly sip hers, and she's kind of watching the interaction between those two to see what happens. <laughs> she's not barging in or anything, and she's not trying to deceive anyone, but she's just like, wonder how this is going to end. I guess, like, I would say the insight you made would be like, she's not lying, but at the same time, she she's... had a funny look on her yeah, face. She, like, so that's like, why I'm just like, it might make uh, you question why she was like a little shifty, but it's still true. Yeah, after Ariel, like, doesn't take a sip for a while, Tempest will just be like, so I I gather you're not too privy on, you know, social graces. Uh, you seem to be a bit on the closeted side. Uh, it's, it's rude if you don't accept what someone gives you. We did have this whole conversation in the inn at the bottom of the lift, too. <laughs> you had drinks down there. Okay, so going back to... I'm not too keen on the stuff you guys consider wheat juice and if it's <laughs> the same stuff that we had before it smelled bad it'll feel, help you relax do you have wine the water and the stable ground is helping me relax do we have wine yeah well I can uh, get you some meat if you'd like that might work. Meat Do you like sweet things, okay. Ariel? 
How much is a small glass of? I meat? like carrot juice and apple juice. I can and get you a small. No, glass. no, I'm asking, different juices made. From I'm asking if you like sweet things. I don't know. I like apples and. Well, apples are sweet. You like fruit, right? So you'll yeah. probably like this. You don't have to drink it all, Do but just give it a try. <laughs> any citrus juice? I can get you a meat. It'll run you three silver pieces. All right, for one, a small glass. One small glass of meat. No, I can only serve you two. That's fine. Oh, it's gosh. a little stronger than the ale. Fine. This is back at the bar. We're not at the bar anymore. She doesn't hear any of this. Mm-mm. And he. One small glass. He he reaches underneath the counter and you see him pull a cork out of a out of a glass bottle, and he lays a he puts a smaller glass like a tulip glass down and pours you a glass of mead, puts the cork back on. You see him kind of hold it up into the torchlight to see how much is left before stowing it back underneath the counter. And Grim will take the glass and he'll smell it first to see how much honey he actually smells coming off of it. Oh, it's sweet. Okay, and then he'll walk over and set it down in front of Ariel and be like, it's made with honey. In fact, go ahead and uh, roll an insight check. 20. So Rim will set the, the flute in front of her and be like, it's made with honey. Oh, I like honey. And with that that roll, Rem would get the impression that though it is stronger than the ale that he serves, the ale he's serving is, is fairly light. It's something that he can sell a lot of. But getting this extra sweet smell, you can tell that it's probably something brewed more with foreigners in mind that the doors would, would prefer something a little heartier, yeah. a higher alcohol content. Um, this would be like an 11%. So it's really strong? Not really. I mean, it's a little bit stronger it's than a beer. It's light for mead. Anyway, so yeah, set it down for me. It's made with honey. And and she'll she'll smell it. And it, it smells pretty sweet. Go ahead and roll an insight as you bring the glass up to your nose and smell it. Is that a d20? Yeah. I got one. Okay. So yeah, you get <laughs> Plus a... Plus four, so five. <laughs> yeah, you get a, a nice, pleasant, sweet smell off of it. Uh, you notice that it's it's got just just a light amount of carbonation to it. This smells really good. Thanks, Rem. You could have one more if you want. And might she like... help you calm down. She gives you like like a happy, like... You know, she's always like glaring at you and yeah. really, like <laughs> mad at you and stuff. So she gives you like a, wow, what a, what a nice gesture that you've, okay. And he'll take her other ale mug. And she'll take a sip of her. Hmm. It, it, it tastes a little weird, but, but I, I, I guess it's a little better than the water it has flavor to it. So I guess she'll just. Rim will continue drinking his now two ales. Chat and and drink her, her mead, honey mead. Tempest will sit back in her chair. And... So, what are we doing up here anyway? Uh, asking about something. Nina knows what we're supposed to do. And the queen. What? We're seeing. We're trying to get audience with the king and queen. Yeah, we're trying to see Lord Elmgard Staren. What's your guys's volume like? Standard key. Yeah, we're we're not being quiet. Yeah, but we're not yelling across the bar. Yeah, I mean, well, you're in us. You're in a fairly small room. Small room, and there's pretty much no one in here to make other noise. So everyone, go ahead and roll perception. There's someone listening to us. Twenty-two. 
Ariel. 19. Kanina. Tempest. 10. Rem and Ariel, you notice that as Kanina mentions, uh, seeing the king and queen, that the uh, that Thurin, who is, you know, getting back to busy work, he probably went over and stirred the stew at some point, and he's, he's cleaning off some, he's cleaning out some bowls to get ready for the food that he's about to serve, and notice that he kind of slows down and comes to a stop and elbows up on the counter and he leans a little bit. He doesn't say anything. Just so. he's What's the human doing? Pointedly listening to us. Uh, the human over in the like far corner of the bar would be packing a pipe and you see him uh, pull out a pull out a little tinder box and strike some strike a flame into his pipe and puffs on it a little bit. Does it seem like he's listening in? Not that you guys are able to tell. Okay. But Theron is listening in. Yes, yeah, so you guys notice that Theron very obviously kind of leans forward and starts to listen in. So, Kanina, go ahead and uh, continue. Uh, but yes, uh, like um, I've mentioned to you before how our town Riven was attacked by some goblins and kobolds, so we found some artifacts when we decided to raid them in return that were dwarven in nature, so we decided to come over here and see if we could uh, either return them, find their owners, or just generally report the incident that may have happened. I'm sure their families are very worried, so we're not sure how long ago this might have taken place, but it's definitely something that needs to be reported. So, When uh, she had said Riven was attacked uh, by the kobolds and stuff, Ariel went, will like glance her eyes at him to see like his expression or see if there's any difference in his face or gestures or movement. Uh, you'd probably see a, a like faint look of surprise, but as Kina mentions the dwarven artifacts, you see him kind of perk up, and he starts to make his way around the bar towards you guys. Kanina, since she didn't really notice him interested in the first place, she'll continue on and just be, yeah, so we're hoping to gain an audience with the king and queen, and... So I would be thinking that, like, while Nina's doing this, probably her back is to... Yeah, I'm probably back against the wall. Yeah, it's, it's probably <laughs> Both a situation, of us are yeah. probably So, like, as she's talking, you know, like, Rim will get eye contact with Kanina, like, mm -hmm. pretty solid, and then he'll do the slow, like, look up and over her shoulder and try to draw her attention. Yeah, Kanina well. will kind of look at him and be like, look over her shoulder briefly. <laughs> I, uh, I couldn't help but over here. You guys said that you came across some dwarven artifacts over in the, the, the valley? Well, we've recovered some what we believe to be stolen dwarven artifacts. Yes. I see, and uh, it sounds like you guys are here for an audience with the king. That's correct. Well, among other things, yes. Well, what's uh, what's got you staying here if you need to talk to him? Well, we were told to most likely spend a night here and then in the morning head off to try to gain an audience with him. Ah, did they uh, know what you were bringing? No. Uh, we, I, I let um, Ulian, I let Ulian Blackwatch at the bottom know, and this is how he suggested I should handle it. I don't know why he'd uh, why he'd tell you that. That you needed to come to me. No, well, I didn't say to come to you. He said that it would be a good idea to stop here, spend the night, and then early in the morning progress. He said your place is the best to stay for the night. I suppose coming this late normally it would be, but I I'd, I'd suggest trying to trying to move on if you if you have something so important. But I guess if it's been lost to time, then it's not a bad idea for you guys to to just take a night and start off with with fresh. Fresh bodies and fresh minds in the morning. 
We figured we'd investigate the items a little themselves before we actually brought them to the game. I see. Okay, well, uh, the stool will be ready in about five minutes. I hope you guys are hungry. Yeah, definitely. Sounds good. What's in the stew? I've got a little bit of lamb, uh, some carrots, some celery, some onion. Um, and he, he looks over at the, the man at the bar. Uh, what was that other meat that you brought me? Turns and looks over. Uh, um, that was, uh, one of the horses that had gone lame. Okay. And Nino, Nino kind of like her eyes will kind of widen and she'll kind of choke on her drink a little bit. You guys of... just see like yeah. <laughs> my eyes, like brightness coming from my hood because my eyes are so big. I am hungry, but <laughs> I am not going to eat anything that has horse in it. So it's just like Princess. staring down just brightness. Yeah. Nino kind of look from o- my dark hood. <laughs> Nino will look over and she's she kind of knows exactly what her mind is doing right now. She's just like, um, we we ordered some bread too. You can have most of that Ariel. You don't have to have any of the stew. He kind of like Do you, you have any start, mayor butter? <laughs> start Tempest. talking to yourselves. He heads back over to the, the bar and you see he's got six bowls laid out. Tempest perks up. You know, I've I've never tried horse. This is exciting probably gonna be a little gamey <laughs> so nina you mentioned that uh you got these artifacts from the goblins and kobolds that you eradicated yes uh <laughs> do you i refrain from that <laughs> thank you very much but anyways yes do you suspect that they came from up here Starengeld, or like that the kobolds may have been on the move well, what do you think? Where do you think they got them? Well, from what I know, for how short of a time I was there, it seemed like they were already in the area for a little while. They seemed to have quite the settlement when we went in and raided their uh, their home base. So it's it's possible. I mean, we didn't fully explore the caves, but it's possible that they may have connected up somehow. I don't know how far they would go, but the guild let us know that there's some fairly extensive dwarven tunneling. Yes, and it could have reached further south. It's very possible that they connect, or it could have been very well that some dwarven travelers from here were raided, you know, out on the like on, on the journey somewhere, and so we just happened to come across some of their items. Hmm. Maybe we could ask our new friend if he knows anything about cobalt troubles up here in Staringeld, or even down below. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great idea. I asked Erlam about it, and he said that he hadn't heard anything recent. When Nina was making. When she was talking to you about all of this, uh, Theron? Theron. Theron? Theron seemed, I was watching him and his face seemed a little shocked when you mentioned that they had raided. So I don't know how much he's going to know about them either. Hmm. Well, there's definitely many people to ask since we're up here. I mean, being a tavern keeper, I'm sure he hears, you know, all sorts of stories come and go, but yeah. So, and she'll kind of call out, uh, Hey, uh, Thurin, any, sorry to trouble you again, but have you heard anything about kobold raids or goblin raids recently? Uh, we don't hear too much about the, the goings of the, the under, uh, the, uh, the lower tiers of the city all the way up here, but I haven't heard anything, you know, big enough to make its, make its news all the way up here. She'll kind of perk her ears at lower tiers of the city, so they, they do have problems in, in the city, though. I mean, they could have way down there. Huh. They haven't had any problems all the way up here, though. How how deep does the city go? 
Oh, did, did you guys not at least take a cursory glance? Nope. Oh, well, come on, come on. <laughs> I guess we missed that. Yeah, so <laughs> we'll follow him, I guess. And he leads you guys out of the, the front of the of Lyft's end mm-hmm. and up where they, the, like, the shelf drops off there is a half wall that is built out of stone that runs the full length and you see it kind of connect in where the bridge is and he leads you over to the wall mm-hmm. and he he leans out over it and he, he, he gets a good grip on the wall and leans over it looking down Nina will do the same she'll like stand next to him and really grip it and look over Ariel stop like 20 feet from that wall and she walks back to okay. the bar <laughs> she Just is Kanina, not interested then? yep I guess so Rem or Tempest? Did you go? No, Rem's going to stay inside. Okay. Yeah, so Nina will follow him out, and then she'll take a look over the edge with him. Tempest will go, too. She's very interested in everything. Does she Does she look out with Kanina? She likes heights. Yes. Mm-hmm. Does she look out with Kanina? Yes. Okay. As you guys lean over this wall, a very interesting thing happens. From where you're at right now, you hear just kind of a, a small din of work coming from the platform out across from you guys but as you lean over the wall you're met suddenly with a cacophony of noise from the depths below you you hear the sounds of pickaxes meeting rock and ore you hear hammers crushing stone down you hear the sounds of forges being fueled with channels of lava and steam released from them so Nina will kind of think to herself and be like, oh, that's where all the noise is, is. you know, she'll, cause she'll notice how it was kind of eerily quiet on the way in. She's just, she's so used to, dwarves are just busy people and having traveled on a ship with them in the past. She's just like, okay, this, this is familiar to me now. And you see there are many lifts on the south side of the platform. And below that is a tier that is three times the size of the tier that is directly across from you and it is bustling with dwarves below that is yet another tier to the city how deep does it go all the way down and that lower tier you can tell is at least 500 feet down Hmm. and it spans the like you can see from lights lit across all along the sides of the cavern that it spans for probably a mile or so north and south in the full floor of this cavern. You can see dotted along various places at the bottom of the cavern where there is a tunnel that leads down for a mine. And you just see thousands of dwarves milling about down below you. And Nino kind of look at the lower level and think, is uh is that the lower level you're talking about? Yeah. Huh. And you know, if there's a problem down in the mines, then we may not even know until other people go into the the same mine that is already being excavated and find that something has happened if no one's able to come back. Huh. That's definitely concerning. But I'm sure we'll find out more information once we get our audience with the king and queen, so she'll kind of lean back and Tempest is Absolutely fascinated looking down there. Oh, it, she'll look to third and... Can, can we go down there? Is it possible to go down there? I want to go down there. 
That looks really, like, really interesting. It's possible the the conditions aren't quite as nice down there. It's a, it's crowded. It's full of busy work. There's people constantly moving about, doing work and mining. But I'm sure that you guys could get an escort down there if you pay the right person. Yeah, definitely looks interesting. We might do some exploring. And uh, Nino will kind of also look up. Is there anything above us? Yes. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> From the northern side of this platform, you notice a tall spire that juts about 100 feet straight up. Um, You can tell that there is stone steps that have been carved around it. And up at the top, there is a platform that you see light flooding into. Because it's, it's later, this light isn't a bright sunlight. It's more of starting to turn kind of a darker, like a purplish hue, but it, it bleeds into the top of the cave up above you guys. So you say stone spire, and is that like the actual shape of the cave, or is that like an actual structure inside that is jutting up? It looks like it was carved from the stone of the cavern. Okay. And like as, as you're looking around, like down below, you see that the platform that the, the city in front of you is built on has a just absolutely massive center support and then spaced at even intervals around it are further supports that hold up the outside. Yeah, so Nino look up and just be like, wow, this place is huge. And she'll kind of tap Tempest and point up and look at it. And like you guys like... (laughs) (laughs) We're both like, both of our jaws are just hanging and we're just like looking around. Tempest was like a dog until you tapped her. She just doesn't look up. (laughs) (laughs) She's been on a boat for the last three years And before that she grew up in a monastery She does not They might look up at stars Everything is fascinating And almost Just think of it If you hadn't almost died You never would have seen this (laughs) I could have seen it without almost dying Well we didn't exactly Almost dying isn't a very common thing on that road apparently Uh, Yeah Mm. We tried We were the unlucky ones (laughs) And like the, it, it finally strikes you guys as you are out overlooking into this cavern that there's over a hundred feet of open air between the the shelf that you guys are on and the platform of the city of Sterengeld. Wait, there's one now? There is a over 100 feet spans of open air that is bridged between you guys and the city of Sterengeld. Hmm. When you say bridge, it's just like... There's a bridge that, that'll <laughs> connect the shelf that you guys are on just one to bridge? the platform. From where you guys are, you see various bridges. What kind of bridge? Is it like a narrow, rickety bridge? Or no, is it like a stone bridge? It's or? a solid stone bridge, <laughs> 20 feet wide. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, she'll take a look at it and she'll note it. But yeah, she'll just be like... Wow, this place is amazing. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, this is, it's the lives of the dwarves. This is our legacy. You know, if we ever die out, this place will stand time. Yeah, I suppose it's always good to leave something behind, especially something as amazing as this. (laughs) But, uh, she'll kind of start stepping back a little bit. and 
he'll see you kind of stepping back. Yeah, Stu should be ready now. Let's so let's go get going some grub. back in time to right yeah. after they leave. Okay. So while they're heading out to, to do this, Rim's gonna stand up and take that second glass of ale that he had and walk over to the the lone human. Mm-hmm. He'll set it down in front of him and be like, "What's your name?" Ah, the name's Calvin. All right. What do you bring here? Uh, food mostly. I work in one of the farms. I'm one of the owners. All right. Have you and been having any kind of troubles pipe. with, uh, what was his name? Dim Fang? Something like that? <laughs> Grim Fang? Oh, Grim you, Fang. Yeah, you must be talking about Grim Fang. Yeah. Uh, Grim Fang is a legend. He's a legend? Well, I've yet to see him. Well, we were attacked on our way to Starin by a group of gnolls uh, and talking to Ulim. Ulium. Ulian. Ulian. He said that this Grim Grimfang Grimfang was uh, probably the source. Yeah, Grimfang is the name given to the legend. No one's seen this Grimfang. They just know that gnolls come out and attack every once in a while. It's thought that they have a camp somewhere in the woods, but. Hadn't heard about any kind of location for that camp, have you? I hear it's, you know, the attacks come about halfway between Starin and Norsal. How often are these attacks happening? Oh, we we might go one month where there's an attack every other day, and we might go four months where there's not a single attack. I think what it is is they they attack the caravans when they need supplies. Knolls aren't known for being able to support themselves through farming or building of their own. Hmm. Well, just uh, just guess I should uh, thank you for your time and safe journey. And he'll walk back to the table, leaving the glass of. Ale. I was gonna say, even as you're. Standing up, he reaches for oh, the yeah, glass. Like e- even before you've made it clear, he just kind of reaches. That was payment for takes info. a drink. So, Ariel had gone back to the bar after she saw that they were trying to go to that cliff, um, and she went back to her drink, and she's drinking it like it's probably the yummiest juice that she's had. Like it's better than apple juice or carrot juice, it's honey juice. Yep, so she's... Go ahead and uh, roll me a constitution saving throw. It's actually probably pretty good for her. Twelve. <laughs> That's a six plus a six. <laughs> I think that she probably came in like well, when yeah, you were done talking. talking. Or yeah. while I was talking. Yeah. Um. So when you're done, she's probably like... That's why he knew to say Grimfang, because you said it when you walked in. Yeah, Grimfang, Rem. This juice is really Grim, good. Dim, dim, you said I had... Dim sum. Dim, dim song. You said there's a second dim. one, right? If you want one, you'll have to buy it from the... Oh, okay. How much was it? Three silver. Some pretty expensive juice. Yeah, but it's good. It is good. It has calmed me a bit. I found when I was younger, if I found myself a little worried or scared, a few nips helped me calm my nerves. I'll have to remember it. She's going to finish her juice and ask for a new one. (laughs) We get the wait for... Yeah. They're not in there. Um, After finishing his ale... Says his name was Calvin, right? Calvin, yes. Mm -hmm. Turn toward you. 
Calvin the food merchant. He's a farm owner. <laughs> he turns in your direction. You said you were attacked by Grimfang? Well, well we were attacked, attacked by, by gnolls. gnolls. And here you are. Yeah, here we are. It's quite impressive. How many came after you? Half dozen or so. I've heard worse stories from less. Well, we we were a little probably more prepared than just your standard caravan. There was four of us. And let's go ahead and say that the rest of the party walks in at this point. Kenita will be kind of making some conversation with Thurin as we go in. Okay. What what would the conversation be? Um, she'll be like, well, uh, since you own the tavern, a uh, tavern here, you probably see a lot of people come and go, right? Yeah, fair, fair bit. Are you familiar with uh, the Stonewind family? I have a friend of mine that I traveled with a while ago called uh, Thorstag Stonewind. Oh, he uh, boat captain, right? Yeah. Man, it's been a long time since I've heard from him. Oh yeah? So he hasn't been back through recently? Well, he's busy uh, running a boat. Yeah. So normally uh, his dealings are in Norsal, but every every decade or so he's known to take a vacation and come back home. Oh, so you think the chances of me seeing him in Port Norsal might be good? Yeah, he, uh, he runs... He runs trade goods for Sterngeld up and down the coast. Yeah, I originally went to uh, Riven and the Adventurers Guild that I'm part of. Uh, he gave me a lift down there, and I worked on the ship for a little while. Ah, how's uh, how's old Thorstag doing? He's doing great. We became pretty good friends on our way uh, to Riven. <laughs> but she'll she'll elaborate on some of our travels <laughs> and just be like. And you guys would walk in like, so. Uh, do you think that you're gonna go try and do something about it since you guys handled yourselves so well already? Well, we were we were requested that if we could do some scouting. So if nothing else comes up, we might do some scouting. So you're gonna get some information at least. Yes. Yep. Maybe finally figure out where that bastard's camp is. Yep, and I'm pretty sure once we find out the information... They'll probably try to recruit us. You guys are in at this point. Too. Okay, I was about to ask if Nina and Tempest made it to yeah, the... Yeah, the whole point is you guys are there, like, as Calvin's just says, so you guys are going to do something about this. What are you guys talking about? Uh, Grimfang? Grimfang. Oh, we're going to get that fucker. Well, I, I we'll, like where her head... I mean... We'll probably at least find him, report it, and then go from there. Probably go after him, though. I don't hold much stock in the legend of Grimfang himself, but I know for a fact that these gnolls are a problem. Yeah, that's definitely for certain. I mean, I don't believe the stories of a ten-foot knoll that can't be killed. It's yeah, probably just their little statue or something. Well, I mean, it wouldn't be the first time we've run across an abnormally large creature <laughs> in charge of a party of raiding creatures though. A ten foot what? Like she's like going back in her head cause you know she's drank a little bit but she's she's going back in her head as to what you just said. What she just heard. 
he's been described as being so much bigger mm-hmm. than than other gnolls. But pretty much like as Kanina mentions, while we've dealt with other larger than normal creatures before, uh, almost in in unison, Calvin and Thurin are both just like, what, what, <laughs> what do you mean you, you have fought Tempest larger Tempest? creatures? I didn't tell you the specifics. I told you we raided the Goblin and Kobold area, but I probably didn't. I think so I told you that Thur- you suplexed it would the guy be Thurin, I with. Calvin and Tempest going what? <laughs> How tall was the guy that you suplexed stuff? Oh, he was he was like double the size of a normal. Kobold. Yeah, he was like, pretty big. He was like, like ten feet? seven or eight no. feet tall, whereas a normal Kobolds kobold is like tiny. three and a half to four and a half feet tall. Yeah, One so when piece some... of canon I'm curious about. Yes. Has Kanina mentioned the axe to Tempest ever? No. Okay. Just because I want to, I want to know what that's going to be like for the future. Yeah. No. I. I she has not She's mentioned. Want it. She has not. <laughs> She hasn't mentioned any details, really, because um, Tempest hasn't really asked either. She's given the basics so far, but we've been, you know, just journeying so far. We really haven't had a chance to just sit down and, like, really elaborate on some of our journeys. So, Rem's got to confirm the size of... I'm just looking to see if they even well, yeah, said. Because when he said, like, 10 foot, Ariel's like... She was like, oh, yeah. Wait, what? 10 foot? What? And Kanina will be... Yeah, she'll, she'll elaborate. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's not the first time we've come across a creature that's been larger than normal in charge of a like an army of creatures essentially so i don't remember fighting anything 10 feet well it wasn't 10 feet the one we fought i think was about uh how tall is rim again i, I mean i think it was about seven feet tall okay rim's like six two okay yeah she'll be like, it was about like um a foot taller than rim but like yeah 10 feet though that's pretty tall yeah, it's, it's definitely big, but they're definitely larger creatures, so... So, let me get this straight. You guys have fought a creature leading other creatures that's also larger than a normal-sized creature. Yeah. And you hear about this other one, and you don't think much of it. Well, it's not that we don't think much of it, but we have an important mission that we're here for right now, and we'll, we'll, we're planning on... Yeah, look- yeah, the artifacts. I, I heard about those already. I think that you guys might want to tell Elmgard about what you have been through when you meet him. Is this Thurin talking or a Calvin? Thurin. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, so... Has Thurin walked behind the counter or is he still like with Oh yeah, us? he's behind the counter. He's like stew pot. Yeah. Getting food ready. Ariel gets out her pouch because she doesn't exactly know how to prompt. So she gets out her pouch and just like continues to watch him waiting for a moment to ask for something <laughs> to drink. But she's not exactly sure like how. Yeah, because yeah, at this point, Kanina's starting to launch into some of our, our she's stories. She's just going to start laying money down, <laughs> staring at him. Just yeah, she's silver. just constantly just like looking at him, following him around. Holding up the empty glass. Like, pushing the glass forward. <laughs> Not sure what to do. But definitely showing that she wants another one. And Thurn continues. He, he, like, it, it's almost like he doesn't notice for a little while. And he gets his, he gets the six bowls laid out. And he's, he's turned it like the bench behind the bar. He's got a loaf of bread. And he pulls out a, like, a cleaver and just... And Kenina will hunks off of it. Kenina will be kind of filling him and whoever else is listening in. You know, probably Tempest, and she was kind of also like eyebrows raised. <laughs> we had fought a creature before, so she'll just 
kind of allude to the whole similarities between the two that she's noticed and she'll just be like, yeah, so we were in Riven and one night the alarm went off and we got raided. <laughs> and she'll allude to some of the better actions that she had did like in there and then she'll kind of also talk a little bit about Nixie especially and she'll be like, yeah, our, our fellow uh, party member that we used to have, Nixie, I've kind of mentioned her before. <laughs> Ariel start tapping her coins, put her hand in her pouch, grab some, let them fall. Kanina's like trying to get very like much talking to him. She's not ignoring you, but she doesn't notice because she's starting to get yeah. into storytelling mode. Tempest is starting to get well, distracted, but she's trying to pay attention. But Ariel's being and she's still just like watching. So she'll just turn over and say, "My God, woman, speak up!" <laughs> well, Thera well, gets like everything. Oh, uh, can I help you? Yeah, I wanted to have another one of the. Uh, drink honey honey drinks that that Red got for me. Oh, you'd like another glass of mead? Uh, yeah. that'll be three silver pieces. Okay, she messes and pulls out three and puts them on the counter. Now, I, I told him, you only get two, and since he gave you the first one, then this means it's your last one, and I gotta cut you off, at least from this. Oh, only two? Why? Yeah. Isn't this... This is just juice, right? Why would you cut me off on juice? Well, I mean, mead does have a pretty high alcohol content to it, and especially for the non-dwarves, we gotta limit what they drink. He he's uncorked the bottle, pours it, pours a glass for you. Kanina will be helping, you know, like bring out some of the bowls and you know putting them on the table for us, the ones that we paid for. So, wow, that this has alcohol in it. Yeah, it's got, like, quite a lot of alcohol in it, kind of. Maybe like, a little. Like, more than the the bitter, yucky stuff that they drink? Yeah, like, three times as much. I, I, I feel like such a sinner now. Oh, honey, there's no sin to drinking some mead. There's no sin to drinking at all. I mean, do you think all of us dwarves are sinners? Nectar well, of the gods. I guess it is so good. Well, I guess as long as you control yourself, it should be fine. Alcohol is proof that the gods love us and want us to be happy. You sound like Ron Swanson. I'll pray about it tonight and ask Kosain. <laughs> it's a Ben Franklin quote, thank you. She's she's going to drink her honey juice no matter what. It was very good. Tamina will whip out her little pouch of spices and she'll... No, she'll give she'll give this the stew a little taste, and then she'll start adding <laughs> some to it. And slowly starts to bubble on its own <laughs> and turns right red. Just doing your own little bowl. I'm doing mine, but she'll once once she's kind of you know sat down and everyone has their bowl. She'll just be like, "You want one spoon?" <laughs> yeah, well, you spice mine, but not as hot as yours. <laughs> it was it was you know. And she looks around at Rem. It helped the seahorse taste good. Is, is, is Tempest... It oh. also helped the rabbit taste pretty good. And then she looks down <laughs> and realizes because she's been drinking now and... and 
horse stew. <laughs> yeah, see, it's the <laughs> chunk of meat. Yeah. That could be lamb. Could be lamb. You know, baby, baby sheep. Because yeah, you haven't paid attention, so yeah. I mean, yeah. Nina didn't really like. She wasn't keeping it from you, but she wasn't really paying attention that you had grabbed, you know, like some stew yourself. She forgot. Yeah. She likes this honey juice. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah. I forgot so, too. Yeah. So, Kenina, just like. Okay, she'll kind of give you a strange look because she knows that you were against eating it, but she won't question yeah, it. So. I think that strange look makes her realize, oh, yeah, it, this, this dude's really good. <laughs> she'll sprinkle some spices a little bit. Seahorse. You've already eaten horse once. That was a fish. It's just, just a it was pretty a, one. It's a horse of the sea. Now you're eating a horse of the land. There's no difference. <laughs> Need a different turf. <laughs> Nina will shake her pouch a little bit and just be like, anyone else wants some? Rim will slide his bowl over and a couple pinches. And yeah, she'll do a couple pinches. <laughs> stir it. I, I, can't eat, I can't eat I can't eat princess animals. So, um, anybody want Didn't the chunks? did you already eat some? No. No, she just had Are grabbed it and asked her to... you going to the meat? Yeah, she's going to take the meat out. She's not going to eat it. And Thur- Thurn kind of speaks up, seeing seeing what's going on. It's like, oh, what you got in that pouch there? Well, let me tell you, I have some pretty good spices here. <laughs> She's a great cook. <laughs> you want some? Uh, give me just a little. Yeah, so she'll she'll grab just a little bit, you know, just enough to turn the color a little bit. <laughs> and then he stirs up his only his about stew. a thousand scovilles. <laughs> <laughs> and he's also kind of noticing what's going on with Ariel, and just like. You do realize the meat's already been cooked with the rest of it, right? I don't mind eating the vegetables, but I'm not going to eat the meat. Horse juice. Okay, I mean, the the horse is already in the vegetables, but suit yourself if that's what you want. And you just... <laughs> Rem's going to be dipping his mm. bread in it. That's, uh, that's, got a, that's got a bit of a kick to it now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's good for the heart. <laughs> oh, I think I... Uh, Think I need a glass of ale tonight. <laughs> Can you know sprinkle a little bit more in her soup? <laughs> her stew. Him being old and already losing his taste buds is just eating it and sweating. <laughs> <laughs> Ariel's like scooping like one of the vegetables and like letting the stuff drain off of it and then taking a bite. Yeah, Nina will just be like oh. packed with horsey goodness. No, she's trying to get as much off as yeah, she can. Yeah, but it's packed with horsey goodness. Wow. Into it. <laughs> she has to like eat something, and, and she knows that. She's Perpetual. not going to chew on it. got rations. Yeah, Kanina will, um, she'll give you her portion of the bread, and then she'll be like, you can, um, I can take the rest of your stew if you don't want it. You <laughs> could you've... soak the stew up okay, in the bread. That, uh, and she just like pushes her bowl towards and takes the bread and yeah. starts eating that. You got rations, too. Yeah. I bought enough for everyone, and I don't see why you wouldn't at least have a couple in your pack, even right, though most of them are in the cart. Yeah, she Which probably left I have like a at the bottom. If if she's hungry when she goes to her room, she'll probably eat some. Uh, but she's not gonna she's not gonna pull it out right there. It's dried horse. As much as she doesn't really have manners, she's <laughs> at least not gonna. She knows not to take out food when you're being you served have food. Jerky. But <laughs> I don't. I looked in my notes everywhere. I never wrote down anything of having seahorse jerky. Kenina will start kind of, you know, she'll be eating her food and she'll start kind of giving the rundown of what we she thinks that we should do the next day. So she'll just be like, so we know that we want to go see, you know, the king and queen. That should be a top on our priorities. We have information to tell them. I think a few artisans to identify our items might be beneficial. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I also wouldn't mind seeing if they had, I don't know, a library or 
something of that sort. Maybe maybe a, a lore keeper somewhere. Just to get some information that might be useful to some of the things we've come across. Look for the name Doitan. Perhaps, um, yes. Aren't we supposed to go find that jeweler as well? They told us of a jeweler. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that, that's the artisan. They told us of a jeweler named Locket and Key in the jeweling district. Yes, yes. That's one of the artisans that I we'll think go see. That was just the place. I don't think that was the jeweler. It's not his name. Well, oh. <laughs> okay, they told us of a jeweling. His name is Locket. They told us of a jeweling place named uh, Locket and Key. Yeah, in the that'll be. District. So are we going there too? Yes, that'll be one of the artisans we go to see. Because okay. we have a couple, couple things that we want to go research. So also she'll just be like. Uh, it also might be beneficial to maybe go stop by Weaponsmith and see what we can find out about that one thing we brought back. <laughs> you know, the axe. We we don't have that. We don't have it, but we know what it looks like, so... We could tell him about it. Alright. Tell him how we're not allowed to touch it. Because <laughs> I know we still have that one scrap that we found uh, that had the one weird ruin on it, and I know it's kind of similar to what we found in the axe, kind of. Right? Yes? No? Maybe so? Oh, you mean painting. the crest that you guys found? Maybe. Uh, the crest isn't on the, the crest. Well, it's not on the axe, but yeah, <laughs> it's... the axe just has uh, runes on it that are draconic. Yeah, but us seeing it, we kind of didn't Beery and then they um, translate it for us. I don't think they did. I, I think that that that's one of the things that they're working on. They've got a because it's it'd be like an ancient draconian script, so they're. One of the things they've got to do is look through books and try yeah, and cross-reference. Yeah, I think they told us they were trying. Because I tried to stay since I'm very bookish. I tried staying to help and they wouldn't let me. Yeah, they want to figure out what it what it says, what it means. But anyways, yeah. So Kanina will just elaborate, you know, on the people we should see. King and queen and the artisans and, you know, perhaps a weaponsmith. It might not have any relevance to what we found, but it might still provide some insight. All right, well. Probably should turn in kind of early. Yeah. I want to get a good start on the day. Tempest it's not even super her. early at this point. It's like 8.30. Yeah. Empty bowl. Mm-hmm. Pushes it away. <sighs> Slides you a full Heck, making it 8.30, it's like, it's like real time is for how much time has passed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ariel's still drinking her honey juice. Rimmel finishes his, uh, his ale and his stew and then his stand. How big is the glass that she's drinking out of? It's like a champagne. Like, well, it's a tulip glass, so it's like probably half the size of this. Tulip glasses, I think, are like three. No, yeah, they might be four five, or five ounces. Five ounces, something like that. I'd say it's probably almost gone then. Knowing so, how you drink, yeah. Yeah. Well, I said <laughs> she's drinking it like the way I like prosecco, and Just, my prosecco okay. has this much left. Chugging it, okay. Yeah, I. So it's hu- she's loving this honey juice, and she's feeling a whole lot better, a lot more loosened up. And it's the party turning in for the night. Yep. Remove yep. Nina yeah. will you know finish off the rest of Ariel's stew, and she'll kind of help stack the bowls nicely and all that kind of thing. <laughs> and like, you stack the bowls, put them on the bar, and they're just like, ah, thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's, no, uh, very kind. Yeah. No, thank you for the the great stew, and we'll be seeing and you. Thank in the... you for the spices. Yeah, if you ever want more, just let me know. You know, you give a different impression on your kind. Oh uh-huh. well, 
What's the impression you get on my kind? Oh, a lot of people think you're all assholes. <laughs> Nino kind of just like... <laughs> you know, antisocial, they give you mean looks. Does Ariel hear this? They just this? have resting bitch face. It's not a mean look. Uh <laughs> 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 no, because I, I feel like this is everyone's gone off into like gone off to bed yeah. as Kanina's <laughs> just helping get things cleaned up. You, you know what would be funny was if Nina actually did have a resting bitch face, but she smiles all the time, so you never you know. <laughs> but, no. but when she's asleep, she's just like angry. <laughs> she's, she has resting bitch face. The problem is her face is never resting. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> she's always hyper and smiling. But yeah, so she'll... Well, uh, I'm glad I was able to make a better impression on you. Uh, we're definitely not all alike, like I'm sure you've seen, so... But I don't see many of ya. Oh yeah? Hmm. I suppose I really haven't seen too many people like myself either. <laughs> In fact, you guys are a very interesting group of people. I mean, <laughs> you, you've got you, you're a tiefling, and the blue girl, I, I don't, I've never even seen something like her. Oh, she's a, she's a genasi. I think she said she was some sort of water affinity sort of thing. I don't ah. know. I don't know much about her background, but we've heard that much from her. And then, like, the glowy from the other one. Ah, uh, I, I think she's human. And her eyes are glowy, but I think she's human. She, she, ah. Nina kind of looks uncertain, but <laughs> she's. I've never asked. Interesting uh, trait for a human. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you have a you have a good night. You too. I'll see you in the morning. Yep. Don't forget to, to turn in your keys. Oh, yes. We'll, we'll be sure to do so before we move on. And then, yeah, so... Nina will go into the room that she saw Rem go down to, so... And she'll... And Rem's already in bed, like... <laughs> eyes closed. Yeah. Nina will just kind of call softly, Good night, Rem! Night. <laughs> I imagine Rem has sleep apnea. <laughs> So, you know, get herself settled and... He's a decently in-shape man. But you're old. Because it doesn't mean you have sleep apnea. <laughs> Being out of shape doesn't mean old. that you have sleep apnea either. No, but more likely to have it, because you constrict your own airway. Yeah, and he's, he's laying there, like, on top of the covers, because it's comfortable. In the room. Oh, what does the room look like? Sorry. It's <laughs> a small, like... Like, it's just a fairly standard in-room. You'd have one bed against one wall, one bed against another. Both of them pushed into the corners away from the door. Um, for these rooms, the door is about center, and you've got a small hutch on one side of the door and a small basin on the other side. And I imagine, toward like, in the middle of the two beds, there'd be some pegs put into the walls to, like, hang your packs on. Hang, maybe you know you've got a a robe or some night clothes that you would hang on that. Yeah, she had her small pack with her, so she'll probably hang that up, and then you know any garment she doesn't want to sleep in, essentially. And she'll rest in for the night. She'll get under the covers, unlike Ram. <laughs> Do both the rooms look the same? Yep. Does she strip down to her pajamas? <laughs> she probably undoes her shoes and all that kind of stuff, and she'll loosen up her outfit, but she won't take it all off. You know, Rem's basically laying in like his. Yeah, she's she's not like. Yeah, she's not super modest, but bouncers. she'll she'll strip down to a point where she won't make any. She doesn't want to make anyone feel uncomfortable. She knows she you probably don't care, but she's just doing it for, 
modesty's sake, so yeah, she'll get comfortable, but she won't strip down. <laughs> Unlike some people. I was going to say, <laughs> Ariel is feeling nude. great, and <laughs> she has her cloak hanging up, and her stuff is in a pile, including her clothing, mm-hmm. and she is sitting in her bed and writing about her day and about those scary... <laughs> What's your reaction to this tempest? And she's you have a naked na- writing in a book. <laughs> yep. I'm sitting, sitting on a bed naked <laughs> writing in my book. Clearly drunk. <laughs> I, I don't think she's buzzed. I don't think she, she drank. I don't know. Do I need to roll for how drunk she is? <laughs> uh, she's writing about how scary the lift was. And uh, Tempest would just sort of like give her a look. Well, this is probably the first time you've seen her too. Like, because she's always had a cloak over. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Just... <laughs> she's very beautiful. <laughs> and then roll over and put the covers. <laughs> <laughs> and then feel somebody slowly slip in behind you. <laughs> no. <laughs> For why? <laughs> and she's out before you, you know it. Uh, she's also still concerned about... Uh, like the dragon and all that. She's probably going to write about it. Um, just her thoughts and stuff and uh, trying to make just like, like dear diary and like all the stuff, like what she thinks and uh, dear Kosein, here's what I learned today. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, basically, I guess as if she is talking to Kosein and she doesn't want to be rude and talk out loud. So she's just like writing it in and, you know, asking, you know, like, just putting thoughts together, trying to connect the dots between, like, your dream and what she's learned and the... Um, so it's like written prayer. I guess. But, like, and the um, what she's learned in, like, fairy tale books. Because, <laughs> you know, forever she just thought of them as fairy tales. But hearing about your dream, she's starting to think it's not a fairy tale and then the whole idea of not being at Riven when everything in her gut when she's at the monastery told her to go to Riven. So she's just still hung up on that and uh, not sure really how the the weapon that we're going to go learn about really ties into, you know, a great evil that could be in. Because she really wanted to stay... If, if if that axe or, or whatever it was, was a great evil or, or tied to the great evil that she is being warned about, she really wanted to stay there and learn about it. And that's why she tried to be able to, like, help research. Um, so, you know, she's just contemplating, like, how that would tie in and, like, just trying to connect the dots in her own head using, you know, only the book knowledge that she has gained from her life at the monastery. But yeah, so that's what she's doing. And then she'll probably just end up like passing out. The book will probably fall. She's on top of her covers naked. (laughs) Spread out. I imagine that she had pulled like the blanket or whatever up to like her hips. (laughs) So either she scooted down and she's like that or she's just sitting up just like blah. (laughs) Full sleep sitting up. If she's tired enough and has been and drank for the very first time in her life, I could see it happening. Plus, she's putting a lot of energy into, like, writing 
just <laughs> she's using she's using her like buzzed feeling to like oh my gosh I have all of these thoughts. <laughs> Ariel. Yes. As you fall asleep, and Rem makes weird <laughs> eyes. I know he's like giving me <laughs> creepy wiggly eyebrow eyes. <laughs> As you fall asleep, you find yourself sitting in a meadow. Though you had fallen asleep naked, you have white robes draped around you. They're very different than than what you wear normally. They're almost wrapped around you like a dress. And the meadow that you're in only seems to expand for about 100 feet in any direction, and it just kind of fades into a white mist. And as you look at the area around you, you see a small table with some stools sitting next to it, one on each side. And sitting at one of the stools is an exceptionally beautiful woman with fire red hair. You see her sitting there in full, uh, like, full-scale armor with a just beautifully crafted silver longsword at her hip. And jutting out from her back are two giant wings that are folded up against her. Why Um, don't you take a seat, Ariel? I walk over and I sit down. And suddenly on the table next to you, a bottle and a couple glasses appear. She pulls the cork out and pours both of you a glass. You know it's okay to drink, right? And she tips the glass up to her lips. It is? In modesty. I quite enjoyed some um, honey honey juice that my friend Rem gave me. It's called mead. It's a wine that is made from honey. It's quite good. Is that what this is? Yes. She'll take a drink, too. (laughs) You've been away for a little while. Things are going well back at Riven. That's good to hear. I'm sure the guild will have a lot to discuss with you when you guys make your return. I caution you about how much time you spend in this city. For it will soon be time for you to get back to the task at hand. Can I show you something? Uh, yeah, of course. The meadow around you drops out from underneath you. Her heart is pounding. You find yourself sitting on the side of a mountain in a clearing. Below you is your monastery. And as you look out into the sky... There's a giant red dragon breathing fire down onto the place that you grew up. She just starts crying. Atop this dragon is a tiefling woman wielding a large axe commanding the dragon underneath her. 
Look, there's the taste one. Red. I'm getting eyes! <laughs> Do I recognize her? You could. Is, is, is that Nina? Is that my friend Nina on the dragon? It could be. I need you to be her anchor and need to keep her on the right path. She's young. She can be manipulated. And we can feel the axe calling to her. When she says that, I look at the axe. Does it look like the one that we left? It is exactly. They told us we couldn't touch the axe. Legend tells that there is a way to fight this corruption. But she's going to need people like you to keep her strong. The scene in front of you washes away and you're back in the meadow again. There's a deer grazing not too far from where you sit. A few rabbits hop across. It is only a potential future. And she is not the only one that is going to have to fight against this corruption. We sent you to Riven because we knew that something was about to happen. Something that you could help stop. Is there a way to destroy the axe? There is not. You say you can't let her touch it. But she can wield it so long as you guys can keep her on the right path. So long as you guys can help her fight off Doyton's influence. They just... They just told us that we couldn't touch it. That it's evil and that we can't touch it. And not to touch it. They don't know yet. But they'll know more soon. She's just like staring at the ground, just contemplating everything she just saw. And still very teary-eyed about the monastery where she's, that's her home. And really just upset about seeing the dragon and possibly Nina and that axe and just all of it is really overwhelming for her. Nina is probably the one that she trusts the most out of everybody and that was like she's her like mentor her new sorcery that's so the idea of Ariel trying to keep Nina on track when Nina She's an apprentice to Nina, basically. You have something that she doesn't. What, what do I have that I have you? Exactly. I guide you just as you must guide her. I don't, I don't even know if she'll listen to me. She's she knows a lot more about things. I just know my books. 
The best you can do is talk and trust. And I'm not very good at talking. Sometimes I don't say the right things. Thank you for showing me this. I've felt lost. You're on the right track, Ariel. And slowly, the scene around you starts to fade out in a white light. And I think that's a good time for us to wrap up for the night. I'm gonna cry! (laughs) I immediately wake up and sense for good and evil. (laughs) Hello? Kusain? Yes? Who are you? Oh, my name is unimportant. I just had a question for you. Alright, what's your question? Did you like the music and soundscapes used in your scene with Ariel? I'd like to let you know that all of them came from the College of Battlebards. If you go to battlebards.com right now and sign up for Battlebards Prime and use the coupon code Berylia, that's E-R-Y-L-I-A, you'll get 15% off your subscription. Okay, I liked it, but why would I sign up for Battlebards Prime? I'm glad you asked. Battlebards Prime will give you a 20% discount on all purchases made with them and will allow you to upload your own music to your private library to mix with their offerings, allowing you to bring the sounds of adventures in Aurelia to your own table. Well, that certainly sounds like a good value. I'll have to check them out. Thank you, BattleBards, for allowing us access to the amazing library of music and sounds to make that scene really shine. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Adventures in Aurelia. If you're liking what you hear, consider rating our show and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. If you know someone who likes fantasy stories and think they might like the show, help them find us by showing them adventuresinarelia.com. If you'd like to support the show, you can donate to us monthly on Patreon at patreon.com slash adventuresinarelia, where for one only $1 a month, you'll gain access to all of our bonus content, such as outtakes and bloopers. If you'd like to get in touch with us, there's a link to our Discord in the show notes, You can, or you can email us at feedback at adventuresinarelia.com. That's Aurelia, E-R-Y-L-I-A. Lastly, we'd like to thank the artists who provide the music for us to use in the show, Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com, Tabletop Audio, Vince Fett, and Sirenscape. Alexander Nakata from Serpent Sound Studios and Adrian Von Ziegler. Jamie Brace and Derek and Brandon Beichter and Scott Buckley. If you'd like to find, if you'd like, you can find links to all of these wonderful artists at adventuresinarelia.com slash music. Thank you.